Hello, I'm Scott DuPont with another episode of Finance Your Movie, sharing tips and strategies to help you fund your independent feature, documentary, short film, or web series. Our mission is to empower you to get your money to tell your story. Okay, I am here today proud to announce Kujatel Kuj Kuelli. He, uh, Kuj is a producer, director, and a former film instructor. He's currently an empowerment trainer, coach, and speaker. He's host of The Kuj Show, as well as a show called Cat and Kuj Go to the Movies, a movie review show, and also is the host of Living the Life You Love. Uh, and as well, you're like a renaissance man, Kuj. I could go on and on here, but I, I definitely want to mention that you're also the director of marketing for the Orlando International Film Festival. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure um, being with you again. And any, anything I forgot. Oh, by the way, Cooch is also a cast member in the upcoming film, Movie Money Confidential. So definitely want to catch him on that. So thank you so much, Cooch. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you can see your collars popped a little bit right there. Okay. Other one. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So since for many, many years, when I first uh, knew you 15 or 20 years ago, when we, well, over 20 years ago, when we first met, uh, when you were teaching, you were a film instructor, what do you think some of the biggest obstacles for people that are a year or two years out of film school who are looking to do their own project or looking for money? Well, first of all, you are absolutely correct is in that I was a college professor. And the first thing I said to the students the first day uh, in class was, number one, I know something about you that you don't know I know. And they would all be have this puzzled look on their face. And they would say, what, what is it that you know? I know you're a smart ass kid. <laughs> If you get into film and, and television, you're not getting into it because there's a career path. You have to create your own career path. There's nobody going to, it's, it's not like going to work at American Express or some corporation where um, somebody is going to mentor you and you're going to rise to the top of the corporation and get a, a watch in 20 years. You have to be an entrepreneur from the first day that you begin thinking about that you're in film and TV. Now, the most important thing that one must understand, I think, if you're going to raise money, is that opportunities are plentiful, relationships are rare. Um, there's going to be, a there is, opportunity everywhere in the film and TV industry, especially now. There's Netflix, there's Amazon that are now, there's 500 channels. And in the field of film and TV, everybody will tell you that content is king. So they're dying for content. But if you haven't developed relationships, you can't raise money just by writing great proposals. Now, a lot of people say, well, what I need to do then is to network. 
and that is true. But they don't understand what the concept of networking is. And the concept of networking is not going to parties, going to people's houses, leaving your little business card you know, at the various <laughs> bar stations. Networking is making yourself valuable so that you can help other people before you need their help. Um, I don't care whether you're going to Full Sail or you're going to uh, my school. I was uh, the chairman of Orlando Tech's Digital Media Arts Program, which I founded. Um, if you haven't formed relationships, if you haven't developed a skill that is marketable, if you don't have something of value, then you're not in a position to raise any money. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's a big shift I've seen successful young film producers make is when they go to network, they're not all about, hey, I got this project, da da da, and they're, they're pushing their business plan on everyone. But they'll, they'll do exactly what you just said. They'll say, hey, how can I help you? Or find out about them first and see if they can provide some value. And I, uh, I definitely think that's, those are wise words. So I wanna, since you, you seem to be very, very well versed in grants, um, separate than the cash, you know, just going to individuals or businesses, give, give us some words of wisdom for people that are maybe on their second, third or fourth film and now they wanna do, get some grant money. Any, okay. any advice on getting grants? Because I know you've done many documentaries and some series <laughs> with, with grant money. Well, um, yes. Um, there are a couple of principles you need to understand in terms of um, obtaining grants. First, first thing, anybody you're talking about raising grants has to understand the concept of 501c3. Um, what that is, is a tax classification which is most people that give grants only give grants to companies that have that designation. It's a nonprofit designation uh, that corporations uh, give. Um, by the way, something uh, amazing has happened. Um, it's a ill wind that blows nobody any good. One of the things that's happened um, as a result of COVID is many corporations now are responding to a challenge, which is to help small businesses and minority businesses. And they're willing to put up 20%, or they're making a commitment to put up 20% of their business with minorities. So that includes advertising, promotion, things of that nature. Now, by the way, that can be done by a business that is for-profit. Um, but getting back to um, nonprofit businesses, there are two classifications of non uh, foundations. One, if you go after businesses that are, if, you, if you're looking for under $50,000, uh, that's one classification. Um, and that's the easiest classification to raise money. Um, the reporting requirements are less and you can just get right to it. Um, there's a lot of films you can do 
especially if you're starting off under $50,000, probably most films, especially shorts are under $50,000. Uh, that doesn't mean it costs under $50,000. It just means that the cash that you need is under $50,000. For example, um, an independent films, a lot of major stars will volunteer to participate in independent films to many people's surprises. You go to an independent film festival, you say a major star. Why would they do that? Well, they would do that because they are bankable in their lane. So for example, Sylvester Stallone is bankable as Rocky and Rambo. He's not bankable as a music <laughs> uh, star. So if he wants to get an opportunity in that, he doesn't go to Hollywood, he goes to an independent film and they might give him a chance to do that. Of course, he did that, didn't work out, but. Oh, oh so you're, uh, you're saying that stars will sometimes get attached to uh, open up their a new lane for them? Right. Okay, a new marketing opportunity. Right, and that's money. And in the film world, um, signing a star uh, in Hollywood, for example, if you put, Clint Eastwood signed to do your project. That's like it's a lot of money. That's worth a yeah. lot of money. <laughs> that's like that's like getting fifty million dollars in terms of uh, banking. It's that's what they mean by bankable. Yeah. And yeah. So, well, you have him. That means that's going to make money. Um, you can get the same person to do. You can act in that role, and you get the money. And um, um, now. The other thing about uh, government money is private foundations, um, and this relates to a person as well. Um, they don't do what most people think they do, which is fund you to do what you want to do. They fund you to do what they want done. So for example, if you take the Ford Foundation, you don't say, well, I have a great idea. Let me go to the Ford Foundation. Well, the Ford Foundation has a mission. It has objectives. It has things it's trying to do. Maybe it's this year they're working on hunger or they're working on safety or they're working on COVID. So you want to do a story on adoption. Well, they're not doing that this year. Um, now, also when you're working for the government, you're always doing what they want done. At least in the in the foundations, you are matching what you want done to what they want done. The government does what is called um, RFPs, which is requests for proposals. Um, in fact, they have an RFP book that comes out every day of all the requests that they have for proposals. But it's to do something specific that they want done. For example, Florida has an excellent campaign against smoking. You've seen some of the ads they have against smoking. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Be beautiful, um, well done. But they do a request, they did a request for proposals to get that done. Um, so, that, so that's great advice. So instead of, hey, I got this movie, I'm gonna go up there and get their money. <laughs> so you identify what some of these big agencies or government grant foundations are interested in, how would a filmmaker research that or find out, get a list of say what the Ford Foundation is looking for this year? Well, they publish it. On their they, website? 
Yeah, they publish it on their website. Even the Corporation for Public Broadcast uh, publishes what their priorities are, what they want to do, what they want stories on. Um, so you have to um, request it. In fact, the Corporation for Public Broadcast also publishes how they want their proposals written and how they evaluate them. Um, now, what you need to know, and what I teach every student is what, let's start with what people in the industry want to see, because you don't have that, but it's important to know what they want to see. They want a known star, a known director, a known um, writer, um, and a known producer. So now you're independent producer. So you, you're starting without that. So you need to be aware of that. Now, knowing that, the first thing I advise people to do is don't go to the places to get money that want that, which is like Hollywood. <laughs> because you can't get money out of Hollywood without all four of those things. Now, this is the good news. Most of the money is not in Hollywood. It's all over America. And this is an interesting um, concept. Think about this. In most cases. It's an investor calling you. Yes. <laughs> in most cases, I got to remember to turn off my phone for these meetings if I know where it is. But I turned, uh, that was my watch. Um, what was I about to say? Um, you're, you're saying mo most of the money is not necessarily in Hollywood. Oh, it's, exactly. It's outside of Hollywood. This is the way to think of America. There's people that are making money, but they're living, not living glamorous lives. They're not making money doing glamorous things. And there are people doing glamorous things. Um, but they're not making any money. Like, for example, being a college uh, professor. <laughs> but um, in Hollywood, they're doing glamorous things and they're making money. Um, but again, that's a small percentage of people. That's people living the life they love. So the trick to, to raising money is finding people that are making money, but let's say you're making hangers for a business um, or, or not, not too paper. glamorous, not too, yeah, glamorous. Not, not too glamorous. They want to live that glamorous life and it motivates them to be an associate producer, to get their daughter in a, in a scene in a movie or their wife sometimes, or their friends. Um, they want that lifestyle is the reason. Think about this. Every single person who owns a sports team has a boring business. <laughs> yeah, that's why you they know. got the sports teams. Right, so they it's got the fun, they bought, the fun factor, the glamour. Yeah, yeah, that's what they, so you have um, um, the, the owner of the New York Yankees was a shipbuilder, you know? Yeah, shipbuilding is, you know, sort of exciting in its own field, but it wasn't exciting as owning the New York Yankees. 
you got something. If you have an exciting project, you have something that people want to be affiliated with. That's what you're looking for in terms of raising money. Very true. Um, let, let's get back to the grants real quick. So that was a great idea to really reverse engineer it, find out what they're looking for. Now, would you suggest that you need to hire a grant writer or are some of the under $50,000 grants pretty simple that somebody can kind of figure out on their own? Um, you know, what, you know, the interesting thing I found personally, it would be nice if you could, uh, let's say, put together a position called fundraiser and pay somebody, and I've done this, $50,000 to raise money. But my experience is that anybody that can raise $50,000 is an executive producer that wants to not give the money to you for five or 10%. Um, they want to produce the movie themselves. You know, even if they do it once, you can't hold that type of person. Um, the way you, in fact, most people have a money person as an executive producer, an associate producer, um, but they're not cheap um, because you can't do what most people think that you can do. For example, most people think, well, look, tell you what, you raise $50,000 and I'll give you half. Well, the problem is if you raise $50,000 and give somebody half, that means you only have $25,000 left. You can't produce a $50,000 project on $25,000 unless you are, you know, really already a big time producer and people and have a lot of favors out there that people want, want to handle. Um, what you, um, because you have to deal with something called the cost of money. Think of the cost of money as, um, Money's going to cost, it used to cost 10%, sometimes it costs 25% these days. Um, but if the cost of money is too high, you don't have enough money to do the project. You've got to keep the cost of money at 5%, 10%. Um, yes, you need a writer. Um, you need a good writer. Um, but you need a good writer that can comprehend. Once they've figured out how to write for grants, they are not going to write grants for you, <laughs> in my experience. So, so I just want to clarify for our audience: instead of paying five to five to ten percent as a fundraising fee that they take after they raise the money, you've gone out there and just kind of paid a salary position for one year or whatever, and that person just writes grants and gets you the money. Yes. Okay. But, but your struggle is you can't, you can't keep that person around for very long because they want to go out and do their own thing. So right. it's a trade-off. Right. I mean, um, let's say you, when you discovered that you could raise money. <laughs> well, people want, you... me to ra people want me to raise money for their projects <laughs> right. yes. all the time. And, and, and yeah. you, know, I, I'm, you know me, I, I mean, I donated yes. my time to FMPTA. For you're, a, you're a good person with a good soul, but you, but you can't do it. Yeah, because I have a fiduciary responsibility to some of my existing investors 
to focus on their, our projects as much as I'd like to go off and help someone else. Yes. Yes. So, and, and, and quite honestly, could you accept the job for $50,000 as a fundraiser? If you couldn't do it, you couldn't afford to do it. Not, not at this point. No. (laughs) Maybe maybe if I was just a year or two out of school. Like, like I'm saying, if somebody's just getting started and they want to learn. Yeah. But I mean, once you reach the point, um, when I started raising money, I started raising um, $5,000, $10,000 in Harlem and for local community projects. Now, now were these grants or was this cash from investors? This was was grants. Okay. Then um, I got hired by the Urban League because of the things I was doing. I started raising then hundreds of dollars. Um, then I went to Washington and started raising millions of dollars. Um, but as I raised more of these uh, money, you know, somebody couldn't come along to me and said, okay, give you $50,000 to raise money for me. Yeah. I was raising five, $5 million a year. Yeah. I, I want to pivot real quick because we have limited time. Um, and hopefully you can kind of, give an overview of this story because it's kind of fascinating you it was it was angel work studios right right yes okay this is my in, angel work studios yeah in, in orlando florida i remember it well years ago it was a great place <laughs> we we had shot one of our films there yeah right um how how did you raise that money that was middle eastern money right yes okay there what i did was um i had a client that came along that um, needed some work done, actually was working banking and finance. But they also needed a media element to explain what they were doing uh, globally. They had a contract with 22 Arab nations to do what they wanted to do. Um, So the first project they needed, which was an international satellite teleconference, we um, rented all the capabilities. Uh, we made, we rented a satellite um, truck, actual truck. channel. Oh wow! Um, and we rented um, all the equipment, and we went to a hotel. I think it was the Marriott downtown, um, and we went live for twenty four hours. For I think we called it. Um, 10 days in May for 10 straight days. So we actually produced 24 hours of television when the way it was done is eight hours and then rebroadcast eight hours and eight hours. Um, It was such a hit. They said, well, we're gonna be doing this again. So at that point I thought, well, hold it. I'm looking, if they're gonna be doing this repeatedly, it's cheaper for me to actually own the equipment and the facility than to rent it out. Because that was costing. Yeah, yeah. You froze up there. Can you hear me? Looks like we just lost Cooge. Can you hear me? You know, I'm back. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I can hear you. Can okay. you hear me? Yep, we're good. Okay. So. So then um, um, I began gradually putting the money aside, acquiring the equipment, and we were so busy, it got to a um, 
position, we milk, we wound up building a multi-million dollar studio. And and just was this on, a uh, was this a uh, like a a prince or just royalty or just just some rich oil guy or a group of people from the Middle East? Oh, this was the well, this was actually from the government. Oh wow! See, the, okay. The good the reason we were able to fund this was um, in the Middle East, they have a sort of a different way of functioning, which is, for example, in the US, the US Treasury belongs to the people. In the Middle East, the Treasury belongs to the king. So <laughs> it's good to be the king. <laughs> it's good to be the king. So we were able to do a deal on that level. Wow. And the other thing about in the Middle East that was nice is um, they would say, um, they would, we put together a requirements document. They would tell us what they wanted. We put together a requirements document. Then they asked how much that would cost. I would say, well, that's gonna cost a million dollars. They sent us a million dollars up front. Wow. Now, the problem with doing business in the Middle East, you have to hit that target. In other words, there's no such thing as, oh, it really costs two million. That's a crime. You know, whatever estimate you make to build something, you have to build it. Yeah, you have to deliver. I think that's a valuable lesson for any any film producer. You you don't <laughs> want to do a half million dollar documentary and then say, oops, it really costs five hundred and seventy five thousand. We need more money. Or you don't want to the other um, pitfall is you don't want to budget at a million and then raise 250,000. And now you don't have enough money to produce the movie, but you've been spending the money all along. Yeah, got to keep that money in escrow. Got to protect yes. that money. Yes, you have to have, now the way I tell people to do is you raise money to what's called an optimal budget, but you also have an austere budget. So you know, you could produce this for 500,000, produce it for 500,000 by, you know, um, having people take lesser salaries rather than $250 a day, maybe $100 a day, et cetera. So you have another, you have two budgets. Um, that way you could par partially raise your money. And when you hit that button, you know you can do it. Yeah, yeah, great. But you great have advice. to know what you can do it. Yeah, Cooch, uh, thank you so much for sharing just some really uh, great words of wisdom um, today. Um, definitely, if you haven't, uh, well, you probably haven't seen the movie yet because it's going to be out shortly. But definitely check out Cooch in the documentary "Movie Money Confidential." And if you're anywhere in Florida, or if you'd like to submit to the Orlando International Film Festival. Uh, that's coming up as well. So you can catch Cooge yes, there. Yes, and that's coming up um, May 24th to um, May 28th. And also, um, Scott has agreed to be on one of our panels. <laughs> on, happy to be there. Looking forward on, to it. On Friday. We have a very impressive panel. And it's on this topic, Raising Money for Independent Films. So any... Uh, What's what's the best way to people to generally uh, contact you? Your social media coordinates or the best way to reach you? Um, Quayleyworks at gmail.com. 
That's K-W-E-L-I works, W-O-R-K-S, at gmail.com. Um, also, we are on, Qualey Works is on Facebook. Um, that's another way of uh, contacting us. Excellent. Well, Cooch, uh, thank you so much and uh, look forward to catching up with you at the Orlando International Film Festival. And that's orlandointernationalfilmfestival.org, correct? Yes. Okay. We'll look forward to seeing you then. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you on the next movie set, either one of your projects or one of mine. Look forward to it. Look, I look forward to it. Thank you for inviting me. Tune in next week. Or for more info, visit financeyourmovie.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you have a story to tell the world, never give up on your dream. Copyright Nemours Marketing.